0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call, I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the AusBiz audience, the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you, for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of the call in the Apple podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Hi, everyone, welcome uh, to Ozbiz or back to AusBiz, and in particular to the call for the next 60 minutes or so. We're going to look at 10 stocks that you've sent in uh, for a look at by our expert panel. And we've got uh, a beauty of a panel today. Uh, Francesco Distratus from Ords is with us. Francesco, good to see you.
0: Good to see you, David. Uh, Thank you.
2: Did you have an Easter break? And
0: oh, I had the four days, yeah. Four days, oh. Enjoyed the weather. Yep, excellent. Um, someone's excellent. got to work. Back in. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all
2: right. That was very pointed. I haven't heard it all. <laughs> we know David, you went away. And David Novak from Wealthwise Education. How are you, mate? Great, 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 great to be here. Yeah, good to see you again. How, how's the, the markets? Sort of back on a bit of a tear again, isn't it?
1: It sure is. You know, it's climbed back above that psychological 7,000 level, you know, and the, and the the U.S. markets are continuing to power ahead, you yeah. know, all given by the stimulus. And, you know, there's been a bit of easing back on the, the bond yields, of course. Yep. And so that's helped the tech sector recently um, to have a bit of a run, especially the NASDAQ. Yeah. Um, but look, you know, we're at the levels here getting approaching to the... You know all-time highs back uh, in around 71.97 i think it is on yep. the asx200 yeah so look there's a bit of momentum here and uh, i think it'll continue actually oh um, it can be sustained well yeah because you were a bit
2: of a bear for a while there weren't you
1: i was but i also changed my hat every now and then yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think we're all pretty we're just much good. Bears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know well, look it it does concern me, especially the tech sector does, you know, yep. um, bond yields. You've got, to, you've got to have that in the background. Yep, yep. But in the meantime, you just go with it. And there's always mm. great opportunities out there, and particularly in the resource sector is, yep. is my focus right now. Okay. I'll... All
2: right. We've got a few resource stocks uh, on the list today. And last night, Coinbase listing in, um, in the US... Oh, the crypto exchange. <laughs> yeah, that 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 sort of stuff worries phenomenal. me. When phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: I Look, I, at the moment, I see a lot of stimulus still, money still going into you know economies, not just here but around the world. Yeah. Um. So that's driving a lot of uh you know the positive sentiment around as well. Um. But you know the the bond market. You know when we saw long-term bond yields rising, I think they've got a better grasp on things than some central banks do. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah. The Reserve Bank. Here in Australia, last year we saying that you know they don't expect to move on rates until 2024. Do you believe I think, them? No, I think that's coming in quite substantially now. See, we're starting see, to see inflation too. So yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah.
2: But see, that worries me because you've got a lot of people, and particularly first-time homeowners and things like that, going. Wow, cheap yeah. money till 2024. That's the trap. I'm going to
0: load up
2: now yeah, yeah. because a reserve bank says I'm not going to be caught with my pants down mm. by an interest rate increase in 2024.
0: Yeah, sometimes they jawbone to, to put more confidence. I feel positive, yeah. Yeah, so instead of actually you know, moving but, rates, they go, well, we're not moving them for a while, so people get yeah. more confident. Um,
2: so you'd be I saying, think- uh, like if, if someone is borrowing now and in a housing market, that's on a tear like this mm. and sort of I've got yeah. kids, adult kids looking in the property market and I've been saying, well, yes, prices are going up, but money's so cheap, just take advantage of it. If you need to yeah. buy an extra 50 grand, do it. Be You'll sensible never get about a job. It. Yeah, but yeah. I've also said as a precaution, lock in the rate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I don't trust the Reserve Bank can do everything.
0: Look, I don't see interest rates ever going, well, ever. I don't see them in the sort of next five to ten years going back to where right we saw them se- in the 90s. Well, no. That would kill us. But, you yeah. know, we, I can see rates going back to the sort of four and five percent levels quite easily over the next five so that's years. That is tripling. That is tripling. Um, but I think the banks have been, become a little bit more sensible in their approach and put buffers into people's. Oh, for their lending yeah, for their credit. lending credit policies. And I think the you know the the regulators have sort of forced them to do that a bit as well. Right. Yeah. So yes, there will be some issues, but I don't think they'll be as bad as maybe okay. they could have been. You know, if right. they didn't. But have look, those.
1: if we get to the reality, if you look at what's happened to debt over the last you know two three dec three decades and more, you know, bond yields going down for nearly forty years since the early eighties. Yeah. Um, that, you know, we've been on the most secular. This has been the biggest secular bull market in bonds in history. Yeah. Now, I've never seen in my time, in nearly forty years, bonds and equities going up at the same time. Right. Which is what's been happening. Yeah. So something's got to give here because we've seen debt in the U.S. escalate in yeah. 1989 from below three trillion to 28 trillion. Yeah. Now, what have we got here today? Isn't we've got asset inflation. Yeah. There's no there's no inflation in terms of wages. That's for sure. So. People are trying to chase this bubble. In my view, yeah, and a- it's an asset yeah. bubble, and there's no question in my mind now. What's going to burst the bubble is higher interest rates. What's yeah. going to cause that? Well, we just had a there's a warning shot over the bow with that recent hedge fund. The uh, what yeah. was it? Archegos yeah. that, that lost twenty billion. At yeah. Look at the leverage on that. So, you know, look, there, there's a bit of a reality yeah. catch to catch up here oh, at yeah. some point. You can't just continue escalating debt and printing money. Yeah. Indefinitely, yep. without some consequences, and you're
2: quite right. Bond yields and share markets don't go up. The last time it did that was in 2007, eight, just before the GFC. That's right. And I remember my mate Joe Hockey. Uh, they ring you because um, um, his wife is the. I always say is the brains of the family, and I've said that publicly <laughs> and said in front of. And uh, he probably says he, it himself. Yeah, he does. He does because he because he, he he rang me up and and said, Melissa is telling me to sell everything. We're going to sell all all our assets just during the share market boom. Cause I said why? She said, well the bond market is is telling us that the market's about to crash. The share market's about to crash. And economies are. I went, oh, come on. And I I talked to her and thought, whoa, this is. And she picked it about six months beforehand. Yeah. And, you know,
1: we've seen it before. Oh, we have. And I just wouldn't be comfortable going into a lot of debt at yeah. all. I, mm. just, I, don't, I don't care what the interest rates six are. Six
0: months is a long time in the market too, yeah. you, particularly yeah. when you're seeing it continue to rise in 2007. Right. right. Um, you know, it takes, takes a bit of confidence to do that yeah.
2: sort of thing. Okay. So so if you had young borrowers, yes, take advantage of the low interest rates, but lock it in yeah. for... Uh, three, four years mm. oh, looks, because, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, if three, you, th- if you think your,
0: your economic cycles are three to five years, you know, yeah. I, I tend to suggest yeah. people lock in yeah. five year right now. You
1: know? Now explain this to me. How in the US do they lock in rates for 30 years? Because they've got a 30 year bond, right? Yeah, yeah. But how can you guarantee 30 year fixed rates yeah. uh, if yeah. we start getting inflationary pressures? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, what's going to happen is, that, you know, I asked this question once upon a time in the old days when I was on Sky Business News with a couple of bond guys. they said oh that's easy you just head they just hedge it by selling the bonds i said but if you sell the bonds that'll push rates up even higher yeah 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 so how's that going to work see
2: see and that's why our government is in a great position everyone's been whinging to me about the level of our government debt going up so much and then i explained they're borrowing a 0.1 percent for 10 20 and 30 years well well, and locking it in. If I could
1: borrow yeah. <laughs> should, at that rate for I'd be borrowing we, as much we, as I could. We should do what Austria yeah. did. They've issued a hundred year bond at one percent. No. <laughs> yeah, have they? Absolutely. That's wow. what we should be doing. You government. Find,
0: you'll find some of the infrastructure companies too are locking in longer term. Hello? Yeah. You know, you look at some of their their, their um debt maturity um, levels, you know, I know Transurban have been trying to lock in twenty five year <coughs> rates. Wow, which is good for the infrastructure stocks, you know. Mm. Because when bond yields do rise and you get that sort of bond yield proxy adjustment, um, it shouldn't happen as much for those sort of
1: companies as well. Oh, that's interesting. But a hundred-year bond at one, I mean, people buy it because they've got negative rates in Europe. Yeah, 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 yeah. unreal. Yeah, uh, it's incredible. Good discussion.
2: Um, Really appreciate your thoughts on that. Uh, Before we get into our ten stocks you've suggested, (coughs) excuse me. I choose a stock of the day and thought I'd take a look at Qantas, increasing its estimate of domestic capacity to beyond 90%, provided there are no significant border closures. That's the caveat in quotes. Chief Executive Alan Joyce says, this is the longest run of relative stability we've had with domestic borders for over a year. It's reflected in the strong travel demand. They also uh, put out some figures uh, this morning, saying they take an $11 billion hit to revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, do you see, Francesco, the, the markets, the travel market opening up? Yeah. Look, I don't, I don't see
0: it getting back to where it was pre-COVID, but there is going to be a recovery period. Yep. And, and we, we've seen a bit of that happen in the domestic travel um, with border closures opening up, like state border closures mm-hmm. opening up, I should say. Look, Qantas, I think, is probably one of the better companies um, to benefit from um, a recovery from COVID, um, you know they've gone through a cost-cutting program, and and that will flow through to when things get back to normal. Our, our analysts have got a buy on the stock, and uh, um, you know we expect to see um, some significant recovery next year and the year after. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know I think you know if you look at the PE, it's trading on based upon their. Their um, uh, expectations, you know, it's on a negative at the moment, obviously, because of the way things are. But you know, goes to 2022 on a 23 times earning, then then uh, EPS doubles, and it's on uh, 10 times earning. So, so in that respect, it looks relatively like good value. Um, Don't expect any dividends out of it because they're just not going to be paying that for a couple of years. But um, our guys expect some growth there now. Again, you know, you put some assumptions there around, you know, uh, you know, the recovery from COVID to be, a, you know, yep. on the same path as it is at the moment. If if we get a, you know, a, a, a third phase of it like they've got in Europe, that might change things. Um, and fuel prices are going to obviously affect that as well. Now, yep. you know, fuel, uh, fuel. What are we at? We're looking at sort of sixty-five dollars a barrel or thereabouts at the moment. You know, they're working on those sort of numbers. So right. okay. if the yeah, you know, oil price goes up through the roof, that might change things a bit as well. But so we don't expect your that. So
2: analysts think this is one of the better travel stocks? If you look at that yeah.
0: sector, I, Yes. it yeah. rates. Yeah, because, I mean, the other ones, you I mean, from an airline point of view, obviously Alliance has yeah. been performing extremely well through it's, this period, but it's, it's a, a different...
2: It, it's been the most profitable airline in the world. Well, in the world, yeah. A, yeah. But, but it's you a could different say beast. it's a mining services company. It is, <laughs> and it's a different boost, yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they're, yeah, yeah. they're getting fly in so well contracts. Run.
0: Yeah, they're doing extremely well, yes. and, and yeah, guys have still got a buy on that at the moment as well. On and alliance even though, as well. On alliance still is, uh, you know, even though it's it's done what it has done. Yeah. So, so, but you know, if you look at other travel stocks, so, so let's look at the airport. Uh, you know, I, I still think there's some some some. Yeah, they're going to struggle with numbers mm. um, through there, uh, and then you look at the, the the things like Flight Center and Webjet, and that. Uh, you know, you, you're not going to get um, the numbers like they had. Prior to COVID, obviously with Flight Centre, they've shut down a lot of branches, they've streamlined yep. the business. If they if they, if they they don't sort of start looking at <coughs> increasing the revenue significantly over the next 18 months, they might have to come back to the market, and raise more money, or right. they'll be in deep strife. Mm. So there's a lot of risk around those And those And, types
2: of and those sort of travel companies depend on o- overseas yeah, travel? Yeah, something does like data. Flight Centre depends on. Whereas Qantas always its most profitable sector is being right. domestic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they don't really care. Yeah. If yeah. You're and it's, it's it's more than double the size yeah.
0: of the, 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 the international. international. But with Flight Centre, you've got to remember that also that, you know, the people that use Flight Centre for overseas holidays are, are probably not going to be, a great portion of them are going to be the ones that, that will sort of sit back and say, I'm not flying for two years or yeah. three years until yeah. things yeah. settle down. You yeah. know, yeah, the ones that will get back on a plane and go to Europe or America or South America, there tend to be more experienced travellers that probably do things themselves and bookings yeah. themselves. Yeah, and yeah. that. Um, the only other concern would be uh, from people travelling internationally is is if they don't go through a travel agent and the you know if things get cancelled is the book mm. yeah, you know, the insurance side of it as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, important.
0: David,
1: what do you think of Quads? Uh, look, I wouldn't be rushing to buy it myself. I think there's many other better uh, options out there right right now. I mean, you know, it's had a fantastic what,
2: within. Op- the- the travel sector, or no. you're, you're just yeah. avoiding Stay travel the sector? <laughs> away from the travel right. sector. Yeah. So you, you don't like the sector look, at all? I, I,
1: yeah. yeah, look, there's been a lot of, you know, the, the pre-post um, COVID rally, I mean, you know, pre-post, I mean, since the lows, you've seen, you know, stocks like Webjet and, and, mm. and Flight Center and, you know, uh, corporate travel, everyone's, yeah, corporate travel, they're all buying it, you know, in expectation mm. that things will, but look, it's already, to me, it's, it's priced in. Um, out of about 11 brokers they've got an average price target of $5.75 on the stock so it's it's right. 5.25 at the moment it sort of hasn't been going anywhere since December but look at that recovery rally mm. at the lows but look at you know there's no rush to buy it in my view right now I wouldn't even be holding it personally I think like I said there's much better opportunities around yeah. where you could buy into companies that are paying dividends and you know and there's yep. more Capital growth in the medium to to shorter, you know, twelve six or twelve months. Okay. I can see, but I, I would have it in you know on my watch list yep. for sure. Yep. But yeah, they look they're the dominant player, yep. and when things you know I think the worst is behind them, mm. and you know it should be up from here using the button <laughs> <laughs> for Qantas. So we'll see, but uh, look, it's it's not a buy for me right now. Okay,
2: all right, let's get into uh, the stock you've suggested we take a look at and. Uh, David Craig wants a view on Red Five, an Australian-based gold producer with some mining projects in uh, the eastern gold fields of WA and in the Philippines.
1: Yeah, look, um, this one's had a checkered history. Red, I know a bit about it, especially yeah. when they started when they had their operation in the Philippines shut down yep. for environmental reasons. Um, there was environmentalists and. The government took away their mining license after they invested more than 100, 150 million dollars in that project. That hurts. Um, so you know that that put a dent in their share price. But since then, they've they've really uh, resurrected themselves, and they've uh, got this fantastic um, operation, King of the Hill, where it's uh, expected to produce this year uh, for June this year um, 90 to 98, or uh, yeah, 90 to 98,000 ounces, but. Just recently, last month, they did a capital raising. They raised about 60 million from um, the retail institution, and they're borrowing 175 million mm-hmm. to really expand that operation okay. to about 177 to 200,000 over a 16 year mine life. So they've got some real growth here and good grades as well. Um, but you know, um, they've got hedging in place for about 200,000 ounces to, to lock in the, obviously that would have been a condition of the loan. But you know their long-term forecast is you know all in sustaining costs around thirteen hundred and forty dollars per ounce, and currently you're looking at Aussie. about Aussie, right? And the Aussie gold price right now is around twenty-two fifty, mm. so it's a really mm. good healthy margin there. Um, look, it is a it, it is a buy for the long term, but I've got there's stocks that I prefer other stocks in the sector than this one, but from a long-term perspective, it's got some really good growth right. and. Down here I wouldn't be adverse to um, buying it but again if I had a you know I've got a choice there's many other stocks in the sector that I'd prefer to buy than this one okay right what now.
2: would be your number one preference in the
1: sector Wow that, that the number one I would say um, geez there, there's so many good ones um, but I like uh, I like West gold um, okay. I like Golden Road that right. would be up there number one for me right. West gold. Um, I like um, Silver Lake, right. and uh, there's a small one called Medusa Mining. But yeah. they're now, even though they're based in the Philippines, they're not um, they're not open cut. They're underground, so there's no environmental right. issues there, and they've been producing there for some time. But geez, they've got about 100 million dollars in the bank. Just declared a five cent dividend and half yearly result of 40 million US. Cool. Half year Medusa. It's Medusa, cool. not a right. PE of two. Wow. Okay, but. What's missing is the growth aspiration. So, if you look at Golden Road and you look at West Gold and Silver Lake and those, are, they've got some really. I mean, even Resolute, I, I liked Resolute when it was like fallen, fell back below 50 cents. That was a bargain. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised there hasn't been a takeover bid for Resolute mm. down here. But they've had that problem <laughs> with Ghana. But anyway, there, there's a lot of there's great lot opportunities in the okay. sector. But
2: yeah. Red Five for the long term. Francesca?
0: Yeah, look, we don't have coverage on it, so you know we're not going to provide a. Recommendation, but it, it, you know the the numbers look good. I mean, uh, earnings per share it looks like it continually rises. I mean, it's gone from negative to positive over the last couple yep. of years. Um, and, and, and you know, it, I, don't, I don't think it pays a dividend, does it? Um But um, I, look, I'm with David. You know, we we've got others in the sector that we would prefer. I don't mind resolute, like David mentioned. But yeah, we tend to look more at the larger. So Newcrest, uh, our analysts just upgraded. Um, across the, the whole gold sector on all their coverage. Oh. Um, so, you know, pretty sure they're expecting the gold price to sort of um, head north a bit from here at the moment. Right. Um, so, so you know, our, our preferred would be Newcrest at this okay. point in juncture. Newcrest share price, you know, over the last 12 months sort of hit a low in March this year, but it, you know, fell, you know, continually from March the year before. So, um, they're expecting to turn around in all the gold, gold stocks. Right, okay.
2: All right. Uh, Thank you for that, Craig. Um, Good discussion on on gold stocks there. Now, Francesco, David wants a view on Jupiter Mines. Now, David says, um, large and very low cost Vangonese mine in South Africa, for which Jupiter owns 49.9%, 90% payout ratio that's delivered over 12 cents dividends in the last three years since listing. The mine life over 90 years, so zero capex for exploration. Price of manganese has drifted lower whilst iron ore has gone through the roof. Given both are used in steel making, it's difficult to understand the inverse pricing relationship. Is this a good medium term buy with great upside on the spot price of manganese?
0: Um, yeah, look, uh, again, we, we don't have coverage of this one, but I, I looked at all the numbers and it, it looks quite interesting. Um, you know, as as the, uh, you yeah, know, what's the guy's name? That, um, us for it, yeah, um, David. David mentioned you know it's got very good cash flows, uh, and it's paying a very good dividend. Um, I would just like to look at a bit of the history behind it, um, just to see if there's, if there's a little bit of inconsistency in inconsistency in their earnings. It's sort of one year up, one year down, right. sort of thing. Yep. So, yep. so I'd like to look at a bit more of sort of why that's occurring, um, and, and and if it continues to occur, you know, well this year's going to be an up year for them. So, so yep. <laughs> maybe that's a maybe that's a positive, but. Um, yeah, look, on the underlying commodities, I don't have a problem with meganese or iron ore. So I think, um, you know, that's going to provide very good cash flow, which they're receiving anyway. Yep. So, yep. Um, yeah, look, it's positive. Right. I wouldn't like to say buy it, but, right. but the things will... Pop- I just want to see why the, the earnings are, are, are inconsistent. Shift around a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: David? Yeah, look, they pay out about 90% of their profits, you know. So yep. this is almost like... Um, it's it's almost like a, a... What do you call it? Um, a property trust in some way. (laughs) They're just just paying out most of their earnings. So the dividend yield is very good. You know, it's around 6% unfranked. Um, Mm. And sometimes they pay even higher than that. So, um, you know, I think, um, you know, over the last three years, as as David mentioned, his um, thing was about, they paid about 12, 13 cents dividend. So if you look at the stock over the last three years, you've received at least a third of that right now where the stock is at 30 Mm-hmm. You're third in dividends. in dividends, so it's okay. a really good dividend payer. That's about it for me. Uh, I I don't see it as a high growth stock. Um, it, I prefer to stick to you know um, the iron ore or high magnetite iron ore, yep. um, like companies like Grange Resources personally, uh, companies like that that are really um, shooting the lights out in terms of the margin that they're getting on their product.
0: Right. with that sort of payout ratio like you mentioned, you know, you got to question whether you know, are they investing in you know, future growth? You know, yeah. Obviously with their profits that's what they should be yeah. doing a bit of, but maybe there's no projects
1: for them to, to um, expand upon. Yeah, this is a long mine life as well, and they've got forty nine percent of it in right. the South African mine. Right. So it's, it's really like, like a why
2: is it the manganese price go up with iron ore, as David wants of you on as well. Right. And you know, they're both used for steel making. And I suppose it is a function of supply and demand, isn't it's it? A I, I, think, I
0: think it's a <laughs> supply side. There's plenty s- of manganese yeah. out there. I it's think your supply side, just, uh, I don't know, but yeah. you know, if your demand is consistent on, yeah. on the one commodity or on both commodities that go into the same product, um, then it has to be supply side yeah. that's going to
1: make the adjustments. But look, yeah. at look, how can you go past Fortescue at yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, 12 13% fully franked yield? I mean, this is a buy to me. Last time I think you asked me on the show, you know, yeah. I the, I think it's a buy. So right. you'd buy Fortescue, absolutely. Right. I mean, you know, any of the iron ore okay. producers, but particularly Fortescue and Grange is one of the lower.
2: Okay. Even um, though, who was it put out a report yesterday, Goldman or JP Morgan, saying they see the iron ore price coming back to one
1: ten? Well, that's their opinion, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. E- yeah. but even if I,
0: you know, yeah. I, I probably wouldn't disagree that iron ore price is pretty high. But even if it comes back to one ten, these guys are still producing a pretty right. good cash flow. Absolutely, as, you know, um, anywhere north of hundred. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. So, is the Fortescue share price based on one one ten or one fifty six now that it's getting? Yeah, right now
1: it's based on like one ten or one hundred. Ah, okay. Uh, oh, I can't. I can't believe how far Fortescue has fallen. Obviously, yeah. there's someone of institutions took a view that the The iron ore price was going to collapse, and you know, sold, sold, Fortescue down heavily. But you know, look, they're they're going to come out with their quarterly, no doubt in my mind, is going to be another blowout quarter Mm. in results. The
0: the China trade deals have probably put a bit of a scare in it as well, you know. But you know, the Chinese are not stupid; they can't get quality iron ore from anywhere else, so they're not going to block it. They blocked their coal, they blocked the wine and things like that, but it doesn't appear they're going to be blocking the iron ore. Okay, Mm. all right. Okay, um, our next stock, Nicole, wants a view
2: on Magnus uh, Energy. Nicole says, I'm thinking of purchasing, but would love to hear from the experts. Um, it's a um, lithium battery technology developer. Mm. Um, it's enjoyed a pretty pretty good year of um, David, hasn't it? And they... Uh, Uh, They've just restructured their board as well. They have um, a lithium battery plant in New York. They've hired Tesla's first engineer um, to come and join them.
1: Yeah, look, they're putting a lot of time and energy R&D into this, and they've got some very impressive people now um, in the management team. Like you said, the ex-engineer for Tesla. So they're really, you know, um, focusing on, um, you know, this um, coming up with a, some kind of you know, breakthrough revolutionary battery technology. Yeah. So, this isn't um,
2: mining lithium, is it? This no. is developing but the that, actual batteries. That, exactly. For, yeah. yeah.
1: And they did have a, I um, was just looking at, um, they raised about 34 million back in um, February, it looks like, um, at $0. 28 cents. And if you look at the stock price today, you know, it's, it's trading, what is that trading above so about, that at the moment? Yeah, 40. Um, Yeah. So look, it is moving back up. It it did reach a high way back in 2016, 17. It was like up at a dollar. And then it was been on a constant downtrend until um, the COVID COVID lows. And then now it's been moving back up and there's some being good buying volume in the early part in January. There was a very big surge in buying volume. So there seems to be a positive trend here at the moment. It's now definitely moving back up. Look, it's still speculative, they're not making any money, there's no cash flow positive, but I wouldn't be adverse to buying it, right? Um, but not a lot of it, you know, you'd have to, you you wouldn't go...
2: So sort of a toe in the water.
1: A toe in the water. Yeah. And if you've got it, you'd definitely hold it. But look, I wouldn't be adverse to buying, Um, and they, have you know, like I said, put a lot of effort and time in this, and they've got a really good management team. But let's see what, you know, you still got to see what they deliver deliver on the product. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Francisco? No. I mean, like you say, they've got the right people in places. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed there's um, an ex um, you know, senior executive from Duracell as well, which yep. obviously is a battery company. Um, so, if they seem to be
2: preparing. The right management and yeah,
0: executive and, and that's no guarantee success, but no, you know it, it gives you a life. bit of confidence yep. that there might be some success there. Uh, if you look at the share price movements, as David just mentioned, mentioned you know through fifteen to sixteen, rallied significantly. It's come back since then or drifted, I would call it. Uh, it's rallying again. I think you'll find that that's a bit of a bit of the euphoria trade. You know, that, that's come back into fashion again. The lithium yep. side of things and batteries and that. So there's a bit of that in there. Um, look. Uh, I agree. It's a speculative investment. Um, yep. You know, um, if they if they're successful, you know, what are we what are we looking at the share price at thirty eight cents? If they're successful, who knows where it can go? Yep. Um, if they're not successful, the share price will just continually drift. Yep. At some point, a lot of these lithium and battery companies are going to are going to um, you know get to a period of time where some show that what they're doing is successful and is going to you know continue on and others are just going to drift by the wayside and that's going yeah. to be a bit of a clean out of the market because there's a lot of them trying to focus on this yeah um you know like I say they've got the right people so that may be one that does succeed but again that's speculative
2: okay all right so you don't Oh, you just don't have coverage on it? No, we don't have coverage
0: on right. it, so I couldn't put a buy, buy, hold, sell recommendation on it. But, you know, it's interesting, right. you know, and, and, and you know, you, you'd need to do a fair bit of work on understanding sort of what products yep. they're trying to produce and, and who their potential customers are. Because a lot of time when they're in development, they're already talking to customers and customers are helping them with, you know, their, their yeah. design yeah, and things like problem. that. So if they're talking to some serious, um, you know, customers... It's a good sign. Yeah, and maybe that link with Tesla or Duracell might, you yeah. know might mean that they are in, in okay. you know links with there.
2: All right, uh, Sasha wants a view from Francesco on uh, BWX. They're the developer, manufacturer, and distributor of um, skincare and haircare products: Suken, uh, uh Andalou, Mineral Fusion, Nourish Life brands. Uh, some of the brands that they. Uh, uh, that they manufacture and distribute in, uh, in that sort of beauty and personal skincare market?
0: Yeah, look, th- this is quite in- interesting. I mean, uh, to me, I wouldn't buy it at these prices. I think it's quite expensive uh, yep. up here. You know, uh, we don't have forecasts on it, but, you know, looking at consensus, it probably trades on a forward PE of about 30 times, right. um, which, you know, to me is probably a bit high, um, even though it's, you know, in a... S- it's in a, in a sector I suppose where they do charge a premium for their product because of the nature of the product and the nature of their consumer yep. um, but um, look it has consistently grown its revenue over the years that I can see um, you know and, and and its profits despite dipping um, you, know, you know obviously in, in 2019 it, it's sort of starting to pick up again. Um, I'm not sure why it, it, uh, it dipped in profit um, because their revenue line was continuing to grow. So maybe they're investing in some new products mm. in, that, in that respect. But um, yeah, look, it, it, interesting. It pays you know, a pretty low yield stock. So you're not in it for, for the income. Uh, you're in it for growth. Um, it's, it's delivered on, on growth, although in 2017 it did um, underperform the market quite considerably. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, again, not sure why that happened, but it has recovered quite well. The last 12 months has been good for it. But you know, you've got to remember that in an unusual period with COVID, um, you know, the yeah. consumer's been sort of buying a lot of things mm-hmm. that they probably wouldn't normally buy yep. in some instances or, you know, they're online shopping and things like that. So um, they're benefiting from that. But would I buy it? Probably not. Not okay. at this level.
2: David? I'm
1: um, with Francesca on that one. I just look at their numbers and look, there's been very tepid growth here, it's, it's been flat, return on equity is not even double-digit um, for the last uh, three years, so less than 1% um, yield, dividend yield, and earnings multiple 44 times, and I'm wondering, well, 700 million market cap, and their profit was, half-year profit was about 9 million. I mean, you yeah, know, very expensive. Yep. Um, I think they're pricing this for expected growth overseas in, in Europe and the US. That's what it's being priced for. I, it's not a buy for me, definitely. Okay. Um, you know, I, I keep it on your watch list. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd, I'd want to buy it at lower levels than here okay. and certainly a lower multiple and, and wait to see the, the execution of the uh, strategy, uh, especially uh, offshore.
2: OK. All right. And um, David Kim wants a view on Avita uh, Medical. It now is, mm. it used to be a Avita. Yeah. Therapeutics, didn't they, though, I yeah. think? Um, and uh, they're of course in um, medicines for burns, injuries, trauma, wounds, skin septic treatment septic Skin treatment,
1: treatment. Yeah. like. Yeah, look, um, the the company's not making any money; never has. Um, so they're spending a they're spending a lot more than what's coming in the door. Um, obviously in R and D, it's one of those. Um, it, you know, it's, to me, it's a spec in the specy bucket. It has been trending down. As well, so the trend is not your friend right now. So I wouldn't buy it just for that reason alone. But if you look at their numbers, you know, for the, I'm just looking at the December half. um, They did have good growth in the site, their their revenue from six to ten million. But uh, overall, the net loss went from 14 to 15 million. Right. So you know, just shows to show you how much they're spending. The net tangible asset backing um, of the company is about two dollars sixty. However, there's some brokers who have got um, a very positive outlook from this company. In fact, five of them have a price target. I'm surprised of eleven dollars forty.
2: Eleven forty, double, $11. What, it double what it is. now. Double oh,
1: what it is now. So they're often optimistic about that market and their growth. Yeah. Um, again, I, I can't get myself to buy it here, but I'd keep it on the watch list. And yep. um, so, I'd like to know why they why they're so optimistic about it uh, at that price level. Um, you know, you have to look into it a bit more but the trend is just not your friend but hey it could have a breakthrough here and turn around and you know okay. um, we'll, we'll see but uh, it's not a, it's not a buy it's, it, it'd be not even a hold for me it just uh, okay. keep it on your watch list
0: Francesco yeah it, it's an interesting company though I mean yeah. we, we, we don't have coverage of it I've, I've seen it before and had a look at it um, they are developing, um, and they're still in the development phase of this technology. Yep. of um, and, and it's predominantly used for burns victims. Mm. Um, uh, and if if it's a spray on type skin yep. cell type thing, they graft the, the patient's cells. And I don't know how they do it. I'm no scientist, but yep. um, I believe it um, it works quite well. Um, they've um, uh, you know subsequently you know the the uh, position themselves in the US which is obviously where the, the size of the market is uh, but David's right the numbers numbers don't look good but that's, this is a company still in you know significant development mm. so you know I, I'm not sure what the costs are around the development and and the, and the science and and what the potential and the thing is with these sort of things is is is, is, is you look at the costs but also look at what the potential um, market is once they've finished their development um, because um you know they may corner the market in in burn victims and you know it could be multi multi-billion dollar revenue company you know in five or ten years time yeah if things are successful so it's a very highly speculative company um you know you're paying quite a bit um for um you know a speculative stock in that per share it's you know what is it five dollars something um uh, i'm not sure and, and i probably should have looked at that i'm, I'm not sure whether they did list in The US, um, you might see that on your yeah, screen. they have, they have, so yeah, that's yeah, right, they got that's a dual list, yeah, and that's probably did the reason for the spikes up, yeah, yeah, they probably did a consolidation of the stock because yep. you can't really list, you know. I, I'm pretty sure when I looked at it a number of years ago, was it was like a penny dreadful, yeah, um, although it wasn't that dreadful, um, and to list on the Nasdaq, they don't like seeing penny stocks, they want to see, yep. something with a bit of size about it, even though the market cap doesn't change, um, yep. but uh. Uh, that's probably why it's so expensive in that respect. But you know, look, you know, if you look at the performance over five years, it's significantly outperformed the uh, the market.
2: Yep. And um, a lot of those Australian medical stocks do go and list or starting to list on the American. Yeah, because ours are so much yes. cheaper on evaluation, aren't they?
0: <laughs> well, that, not only. Yes, that, not only that, the Australian investors, you know, art is experienced and and don't take as big a punt on these types of stocks as the yep. americans do obviously there's a bigger market there too uh, that's one reason um and and the other reason is that you know the market if they develop developing if they're developing some sort of medical treatment uh the market is much larger yep. over there so yep. you know that's where you get your foothold
1: yep
2: all right let's recap the first five stocks uh, stocks red five a uh, long-term buy um, from David, um, Ords don't have coverage on it, but their preferred gold stocks is Newcrest. Um, um, whereas David says Red 5 is a long term buy. His preferences in the era would be um, West Gold and Gold Road and yep. groups like that. Silver Lake. um Jupiter 5, the manganese group. Um, uh, Francesco's positive I it, put it on his watch list and no from David he'd prefer to go Grange and just go iron ore um, and he, he's a big fan of Fortis at these prices at the moment I've
1: always been a big fan actually yeah <laughs> uh,
2: Magnus energy again um, from David uh, really interesting stock put a toe in the water uh, at these levels don't bet the house on it but Uh, Interesting from Francesco as well. No from VWX, from both Francesco and David and Evita. Interesting business to watch, but not at these levels. All right, uh, here on the the call, we have our own fantasy portfolio that we've been tracking since the 1st of July, thanks to our partner NAPTRADE. Any stock that gets two thumbs up, two yeses from our expert panel goes into the portfolio. The stock comes up again, even if it's in front of a different panel uh, and doesn't get unanimous yes, it goes out. Um, Let's take a look at how it's been doing. It's up just over 2% for the week, 6% for the month, and just over 30% since the 1st of July. Um, Some of the stocks that have uh, been recently added CSL, Alcidian, National Tyre and Wheel Car Sales and Auditate. Some of the stocks that have moved out of the portfolio um webjet premier investments and intertech pivot if you want to see all the stocks in the calls portfolio head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio um also coming up after one o'clock um, um is there a paradigm shift happening amongst investors uh, Stephen bruce from perennial perennial says there's uh, a big shift to value stocks and he tells Osbiz where he's looking for returns so Stephen Bruce from Perennial in the next hour. All right, let's go on to our uh, next five stocks that you've suggested we have a look at. Uh, Francesco Tim wants a view on Kogan, the big online retailer. Is it a buy, particularly at these levels of around twelve fifty?
0: Uh, no, I don't okay. think so. Um, look, yeah, they're they're a good retailer and been a surprising retailer. Yep. I mean, considering that um, you know you've got. Your Amazons and your EBay's and mm. um, I don't know who else I there is there. Well, I don't shop yeah. online much, but yeah. yeah, I know there's a lot out there, but they've done they've done extremely well. Uh, the, the, I think one thing though is they're trying to be everything to everybody. So yeah. you know, I, I'm pretty sure they offer insurance and cruises and obviously not doing much in holiday packages and things like that these days. Um, but there's there, I think you know, and mobile phone packages and things that like, yeah. um, that sort of to me you know, trying to be everything to everyone, does it lose focus? So, you know, um, I, I struggle with it. You know, I think it trades on a fairly steep multiple as well. It's uh, sort of on about 25, 24 times earnings. To me, that's a bit expensive. Um, although, you know, the retailers that I do like, say something like a JB Hi-Fi, they're trading up at those levels as well. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think they're just just a bit more to to someone like a JB Hi-Fi than a Kogan.
2: Okay.
1: David, uh, look, it's a technical buy only. Right. Not, not. Um, it's not cheap, uh, as um, Francesco was saying. I mean, you know, look. The other thing was um, when their founders, when Kogan sold shares uh, last year, at was it twenty three dollars or yep. thereabouts? I mean, that was a sell signal, as far as I was concerned. Um, and then it's headed south. Jeez, not... you're
2: a hard bugger, aren't you?
1: These founders <laughs>
2: work their backside <laughs> off, and all of a sudden. The market goes up and they go. oh, I'm going to cash a few in. He's still Pined pretty the big mortgage. shareholder. Oh yeah, but and, why wouldn't you yeah. take some money I, I, off I, the table? I don't and you blame can it. Bag him. For it. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not.
1: I'm, I don't blame him. I think it's a really smart move. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you got to cash in some chips, especially <laughs> yeah. when it.
2: But then you go, it's a sell. Well,
1: that. it was no. on 70, um, 80 times multiple because yeah, of yeah, the COVID. Pay. You know, look. Yeah. The thing, a question mark about this is they've had great. Growth and you know, uh, during the COVID period, Because we've been
2: stuck at uh, home shopping online. Yeah, Everybody is it sustainable?
1: There? Is my yeah. question, you know, now it's come back to you know about a 30 35 times still high multiple, which you'd expect in a yep. retailer like this, you know, and um, you know, again, but my question is, you know, is it sustainable growth now that post COVID? So, um, you know, it's not cheap, but from a technical, I'm talking from a technical purely. Technical perspective as a, a trader, not an investor. Here, you could buy it, in my view, and it could have a have a bit of a rally here. Back, to, look, it's below the 50-day moving average. I follow moving averages, and as a what they call a crossover on the shorter-term moving averages, yep. I look at there's five, eight, and 13, and when they cross above, um, then you know uh, above the 13, then you'd look for a move back up to about 14, 50, 15 dollars, right. short term. Which is the same what happened to afterpay just recently. Um, But uh, it's still below the 50-day moving average. But I'm just talking about a technical bounce for traders, but investing, uh, I prefer uh, elsewhere.
2: Okay. All right. Uh, Thank you for that suggestion, Tim. Tony. Now, David wants a view on Globe. Uh, Tony says, is the extraordinary high insider ownership actually a good thing or does it reduce liquidity? Too much now. Globe, of course, is the big manufacturer of um, skateboard and streetwear products yeah. and and clothing mm. um, with some some pretty good brands and, and has performed quite well.
1: Well, very well. Their growth in sales has been great. <coughs> yeah. uh, you know and their return know on the equity, it's been very very good. Um, even a decent dividend yield of about 3.6%, fully franked. Yeah. Uh, but their return on equity, they've, they've had some really good strong earnings growth in the last uh, uh, 12 months. Um, and Especially the half yearly result um, at a net profit of 15 million. It's yeah. a small company. It's only got a market cap of around 200 million. Yeah. Um, and the trend has you know, been stellar here. It's been from July last year, you know, it was down to, what was it, a, a dollar or something. And then here it is now. $4.50. It did get yeah. to a high, about $6, pull back. But look, um, the trend is very strong. Their growth in sales is strong. Um, you know, again, the, coming back to the liquidity issue, um, it's not so much how many shares. It's always good to have insiders have skin yeah. in the game. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at the, I was just looking at the turnover of this, this company, it's like an average daily dollar turnover is about thirty thousand. So, yeah, okay. so it's so pretty it illiquid. illiquid. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're not going to get institutions buying it. No. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> more like retail. But look, it's 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 not expensive. It's on a low multiple compared to what we just looked at mm. with uh, BWX. This is on a low earnings multiple of t- of <clears> about ten times. Yeah. Good dividend yield. Good growth. So, you know, you could buy it. It'd be a buy. Yeah. But you know, you'd have to go in. Um, not um, buying. My rule is don't buy more than ten percent of the average turnover per day.
2: Oh, oh, that's interesting. So yeah. if there's a
1: million shares turnover every day, right, you wouldn't buy more than a hundred thousand, right? But okay. This this company's not turning over a, no. well, that I can see a million shares a day. No, no. Francesca?
0: Yeah, I mean the the question. I mean he's answered his own question with, yeah. you know, tight ownership. But the other, on the flip side of that, like you say, is that you know they have confidence in their business. Yeah. Um. And and you know it doesn't rule institutions out. Sometimes sometimes the institutions will approach the the founders and say, well, you know, we'll buy a parcel of your shares off you, yeah. and that's how yeah. they sort of you know can manage it without you know flushing yeah. it out of the market. But it looks at things though they're not budging. Um, look. You know, it's a it's a high-end, they, they sell, not a high-end, they're high-end products, so they're yep. getting a very good margin on their products, yep. hence why the, 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 the revenue is where it is. And it's very popular with the young people like ourselves, mm, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, look, I like the business. Um, we don't have a coverage on it, um, but um, would I buy it? Um, look, I, I'd have to, if, if, if I saw the share, the share price has come back over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. along with everything else it, it might be a trading buy the, yeah. you know the chart okay. over here has probably got a better indication of that but um, uh, to me um, you know as a trading buy? yeah it is actually yeah, yeah.
2: okay all right um now phil wants a view on uh, on tessering um this is the cyber security um group um they structured in a number of different businesses but it's uh Launching an academy to drive industry-wide skills to, to hire better people, but basically it's in that uh, cybersecurity area and providing that for bigger customers. And, yeah,
1: uh, look, and they're getting some some traction here. There's certainly, the turnover is very impressive in the half year uh, to December. They you know, increased by 500 percent, revenue to 36 million. Um, but after they have major, you know, one-off costs, acquisition costs, et cetera, because they have been making acquisitions, yep. um, they still came out with a loss. You know, so um, you know the net assets increased by 16 million to 65 million. I mean, the market cap for this company is around 200 million. They've got a small amount in the bank of about 8 million. Um, but look, they're they're growing. They're really growing their revenue, and they lead. They seem to be one of the leaders in that cyber security area, which is a yep. high growth area yeah um the trend also is not positive uh, as well, so right now it doesn't it 's not giving me a screaming buy, but certainly i 'd have this on my watch list um, I, for a turnaround in in profitability and uh, look the mm-hmm. growth they 're expecting i think they said something like um, by <coughs> the end of this year or next year uh, about one hundred and fifty million in turnover mm-hmm. so that 's quite impressive right. so look um it's it's at a key support level here, buying support level. Right. So it'd be very interesting to see. I wouldn't be adverse to accumulating some. Right. But, you know, you've got to wait for evidence for the, the trend to turn around here. But look, I like it. Um, but it's not a screaming buy at the moment. Okay. certainly right. on the watch list.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm the same, uh, but uh, I'm more more interested in the actual sector as in, you know, cyber security yeah. than necessarily this particular company. So yeah. uh, similar to David, you know, I think it's it's definitely worth keeping an eye on. I'd, lo- I'd like to sort of have a closer look because yes, their revenue uh, is, is increasing quite considerably, but yeah, there's a lot of acquisition in that. So getting a better understanding of what type of revenue they're buying. Uh, I think is important. Um, so, look, I, I put this in the speculative basket, yep. um, but um, you know, the, the, there's promising signs, and it is in a sector which I think there is mm. um, some significant opportunities in the future.
2: And we've got a couple in that sector, White Hawk, and there's a recently listed one, I think, Wright Group. I think it was um, yeah. other one so you, you can buy it's sh- there's some ETFs out there as well oh, yeah.
0: that, that invest in this type of thing. I think it's HACK is right. one of them H A C K and yeah. they they obviously invest globally rather than you know in yeah. the Aussie market um, that um, focus on this cyber security type mm. of yeah. and there's one or two others I think yeah.
1: yeah yeah actually they expect that they've got an ambition to deliver 150 million turnover by June this year right mm. so that's yeah. quite a market no. Yeah, you know, interesting to see
0: what sort of contracts they're signing uh, over, the, over the last yeah. sort of six months and how that yeah. sort of pans out. No, I, I okay. Yeah, I like all it. Right.
2: Mm. Um, all right, Francesco, uh, Tammy wants a view on um, uh, another travel stock, but with a bit of difference. Sea um, Link, they own uh, buses and ferries, they own, own the Captain Cook Cruises. Um, they own some um, resorts tourist resorts as well they own sea link the um which is uh, basically tugs and yeah. sort of ferries and things like that as well um what do you think of SeaLink?
0: um we like it um and i think you'll find that um um you know with COVID, you know a lot of the overseas Tourism has been replaced by local tourism. Yep. You know, I don't know, everyone you talk yeah. to is either going up to Noosa <laughs> or <laughs> or, and they, or you know, and they, they
2: run the ferry to Kangaroo Island. Yeah, if you want yeah to get they go out, there.
0: Actually, you know, obviously he came back from Adelaide um, last weekend. You know, so so there's a, and you know type of people that probably might have jumped on a plane and gone to uh, you yeah. know New Zealand or Asia or wherever. Right. So I think you know a lot of the overseas tourism has been made up for by domestic tourism. It'll be interesting. Interesting to see when when borders do open up, how that sort of adjusts, yep. and, and whether you know that gets made up. But you know they've seen significant growth. Yeah. Um, Look at that uh, share price. Though. Share price is performing is, you yeah. know, extremely well. Um, it's probably on a, um, a steep PE. So our, our analysts have got a buy on it, but mm. I'm sort of questioning whether you know, that might change very quickly right. with the performance of the share price. You know, uh, from our numbers, it's trading at about 35 times. Okay. Now the growth has been substantial. Um, you know, we saw 44% re- uh, earnings growth, um, EPS growth in 2021. So that sort of justifies a high PE. But um, the question is, you know, is that growth sustainable over yep. the next two to three years? And I suspect possibly not. Okay. Um, our guys have got a target price. I'm never a fan of target prices of 8.79. So oh, um, okay, so these they've got
2: a target price below the current.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay. so so. So you
2: probably wouldn't be buying these. Oh, things? I,
0: at yeah. You? I'd be yeah, I'd be
1: cautious of it yeah. at the moment.
2: David.
1: Yeah. It's way too expensive up yeah. here. On uh, a multiple, yeah. I've got a much higher multiple of forty-five times on this. I mean, look, it's a two-point-two billion-dollar market cap valuation, and if you look at their half-yearly report, I mean, their profit before tax was thirty-seven million. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so they've had great growth in revenue but also excellent growth in wages as well it looks you know um, yeah. now the other thing is they also had um, the job seeker allowance as well yeah. to support them right um, to me this is like you've got to take some profits here right it's definitely not a buy up here yeah I, I would be taking some money off the table you could look at it lower levels but it's just really yeah. very expensive okay. and um, yeah I I, right. I I can't
2: okay uh, um, and our final stock to look at, David, uh, Carlos wants a view on Stockland, the uh, big property retail property manager.
1: Yeah, look, Stockland's got, uh, most of their uh, income comes from, um, you know, um, retirement and um, and commercial, commercial properties right. in particular, uh, and retirement communities. Um, you yeah, know,
2: look, they have a really diversified portfolio, they don't have. they? You, you see them... Um, with some of their shopping centres, but they do have commercial and retirement. And yeah. It's a, a real portfolio.
1: It just doesn't excite me. Their growth is flat. It's yeah. flat line. You know, if you see one of those monitors, heart monitors, it's like, <laughs> it's like that. You know, And okay. look, that's what the share price has been doing. So, yeah. um, you know, if you want a yield a steady dividend yield, I think this is great for that because um, the yield is around 4.7% unfranked. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd wait if you pull back, you know, um, it's been going sideways, as you can see in that chart. Um, so, you know, you'd look for lower levels here. Yep. About out of 11 brokers, it's pretty much fully priced where it is okay. at the moment. So,
2: Francesca?
1: Um, yeah, we've got a light on it and, right. and look at it fully priced. Uh, because it's such
0: a diversified trust, sometimes that can be seen as a good thing because it gives you that diversity within it, uh, but I think it's a bit of a mixed mesh. Yeah, you know, at current share price, it's trading sixteen percent above NTA. So, right. you know, obviously, you know, it's 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 you know, the share price is overvaluing it. Um, PE around seventeen, that's not too bad. Or you know, probably trusts. I have a rule of thumb. They've got to be around fourteen to fifteen times earnings. Right. So it's not overly expensive. Dividend yield around five six percent. It's five and a half. So that that fits in nicely. Gearing at forty percent is probably a bit high for my liking. You know, I'd like it to be around twenty-five to thirty in a property trust. So, so that's probably a bit high. Um, and look, you know, the, over the last twelve months, it's performed very well. So, I think people should be lightening off okay. on that. Um, on the you know shopping centre side of things, they've got some neighbourhood ones and some mm. large format ones. Yeah, you, know, uh, you know, if we're looking at retail now, we're just looking at the, the neighbourhood. Um, shopping centres rather than the large format stuff. So something like an SCA um, or even something like a Waypoint, which is the fuel stations, the old Viva Energy. There's some really good opportunities, I think, in some of those ones. All
2: right. Good one. Um, Let's recap the final uh, five stocks. Uh, Kogan, a technical buy from David, a, uh, a no from Francesco. Globe. Uh, a yes from David and, um, and a trading buy from a yes from uh, uh, Francesco on that basis. Uh, Tesserent, um, something to watch. And David wouldn't be averse to accumulating at these levels, but an interesting business. And um, uh, Francesco thinks the same. Uh, C-Link, take profits uh, from, from both of them on that rather than buy in at these levels. And Stockland, a no. Uh, Francesco Destradas from uh, Odds, good to see you mate.
0: Love to see you, David. Thank Tony you. David Novak
2: from Wealthwise Education, good to see you as well. Yeah, thank, thank you, you. for your time. Great to have your company on the call today as well. Look, if you've got any stocks that you want us to put to our expert panels, email the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us uh, using the TV handle. And if you want to see all the stocks in the Calls portfolio, head to ozbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And don't forget, if you want a full wrap up of the day in business and finance, subscribe to the Ozbiz newsletter. You get Scuddy's View, the Close of Business podcast, COB podcast, and the most links to the most popular videos. Subscribe at uh, ozbiz.co forward slash the COB. And the Startup Daily Show this afternoon from midday. Looks at um, and interviews all founders, venture capitalists who invest in those startups and scale up and private equity communities. Uh, Betsy Westcott joins the team amongst a number of other guests from Foo Pay as the group expands its millennial cash flow management platform. Uh, that's coming up on the Startup Daily Show at 2 p.m. Eastern. Great to have your company. Stick around, more of Ausbiz after this. <laughs>